right, let's um let's take care of the meeting minutes of November 6th all the way for for Lisa to join I don't anticipate she'd have a problem with that um let's let's do that and then we'll go to public comment if we need to and continue along quickly Someone I have like another to... question about the minutes. Sure. Um, so I was wondering if anyone else understood the discussion about the relocation of polling places as I did. I understood that the senior center can accommodate the people as they need the building, but that we were going to wait for um, that we were going to wait for information about the parking lot, and that. I think is an important enough statement to put add to the minutes, but I just want to make sure that I understood it as other people understood it. So, yeah, from what I remember, town clerk describing is that he thought the building could probably accommodate voting, but that the parking lot and the driveway um, posed challenges. Mm -hmm. So we're waiting for that. So, but I does does anyone else agree that? that that statement or that sentence should be added to the minutes. I I agree. Yeah. I yeah. Um, I'm looking for the the page where this discussion is taking place, if you could. Uh, it's after the Church Street discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see it now. Uh, okay. Yeah. I agree. It makes sense to um, to add some detail to that effect. So, do you want a motion? Sure. Um, Di, do you uh, have a have an understanding of what we're looking for here? Yeah, I think as amended, and I'm I'll make a note. Okay. And then, honestly, I I I notified you earlier. One was about I wanted the um, I want I requested that Andy Dowd speak to the board not the club and there's one other oh my gosh yeah i think linda has those amendments already okay. yeah so shall i make a motion sure please i move the board vote to approve the november 6 2023 meeting minutes as amended second okay motion's been made by julianne seconded by Kristen. any other discussion all those in favor julianne aye Kristen. I'm going to abstain. Oh, yes, that's true. You were not here. Laura. Aye. Lisa. Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is uh, unanimous in favor with one abstention. Thank you very much. All right. With um, uh, Thank you. Let's. We're going to try to quickly go through some of these things because I know we've got some public hearings. I will ask, as we do near the beginning of all of our meetings, for any public comment. We will, of course, have, uh, we have three public hearings scheduled and we'll allow and encourage comments on uh, the other agenda items. But if there is anyone in our audience that has comments for us other than those items, please raise your electronic hands. I'll be happy to recognize you. Not seeing any hands, going once, going twice. All right, we'll continue on. I, I am strongly suspecting we will have members of the public with input on some of our agenda items. Um, Town administrator search update is very simple. We have one. Um, 
uh, as folks know, towards the end of a meeting late last week, um, we, um, last week or was it? Yeah, it was last week. Things move <laughs> along quickly. Um, uh, we we did make a uh, conditional offer of employment to Tim McInerney. Um, and um, after some, some great interviews and some really thoughtful deliberations, um, so the two things that are going on right now is we are negotiating a contract and we have an executive session at the end of this meeting to, uh, to further that discussion. Um, and MRI, our consultants with us, are doing a, a thorough background check to make sure everything is in order. Um, and my understanding is we'd be looking, if assuming things go well, we'd be looking at somewhere in the mid-December range for a start date, but we'll be talking about that as a board in the very near future. Um, I don't think I had anything else. I just wanted to to make sure to mention that near the start of, of a meeting for anyone that missed it um, about four hours into our last meeting. Um, all right, now we have a public hearing to open. Let me get to the right page so that I can state all the things. All right. Um, I will open the hearing pursuant to Massachusetts General Law, Section 138, Section uh, Chapter 138, Section 12. Notice is hereby given that the Select Board will hold a remote public hearing on Monday, November 20th, 2023, at 7 p.m. to act on an application for a new general on-premises wine and malt beverage license as submitted by Marble House Coffiers, DBA, Nicholas Michael Spa, and the following described premises located at 422 West Main Street in Northboro, Massachusetts, approximately 5,030 square feet on two floors consisting of a reception area, area, pedicure area, hair department, and an outdoor patio. Hearing is now open. Um, we have a couple of things to, a couple of people to bring in for this. Uh, let's see. Tessia. Tessia Colo and oh, Lieutenant Griffin. Okay, so I'm bringing the two of you in. And if uh, Tessia and Lieutenant Griffin, if you could uh, turn on your cameras, if you so desire, and your microphones, um, ask it to identify yourselves. Go from there. Good evening, Mr. Chair, uh, Lieutenant Brian Griffin, North Pro Police. Great to see you as always. Tessia, you are in the meeting, but uh, we can neither see nor hear you. If you could unmute yourself at least would be excellent. I'll ask to unmute. Tessia, can you hear me? Yes. Can you okay. hear me? Yes, we hear you now. Okay. Excellent. Uh, you can turn on your camera if you want to, but you don't need uh, to. I can't. So my understanding is that um, you are looking. Okay, that's that's all right. Don't don't worry about the camera. Um, we'll we'll continue. Okay. As long as you're part of the meeting, that's all we need, um, that you are looking to um, receive a new on-premises wine and malt beverage license. Is that correct? Oh, yes. 
Okay. Can you tell us briefly uh, the business uh, that you're in and what you're looking to do with this license? It's a hair salon and spa. So we do have a special occasion when people come for like wedding parties, birthday parties, and some of those clients was drinking alcohol with them. Uh, and that's why I went to the town to see if it's legally they could do that. Find out wasn't. So that's why I went to the town to see what we could do for that. Not to increase traffic at all. It's just to provide for our clients for special occasions. Instead, have them bring stuff and then it's a liability for us. Excellent. Thank you. And Lieutenant Griffin, you've you've done your, your department's done your due diligence as you always have, correct? Yes, uh, yes Mr. Chair. This is... Um... Basically, uh, what um, Tesha has just said, um, more or less to provide the services of having a glass of wine with the services they provide there. Um, this is not uh, unique um, statewide. We did check with the ABCC, as ultimately they'll have the final say in this matter. Um, and they're seeing a lot of this uh, in Boston and some other uh, towns and cities. Um, so they did not have an issue with it. Uh, the background check uh, turned out fine, and uh, she is uh, has received her alcohol certification, tip certification, and uh, we have no issues. Excellent. Uh, members of the board, questions? Julianne. So I, I I might have missed something. So so you're not selling the um the beverages. They're we. We will need to sell because the town of Northboro does not allow us to give to them. So that's why I need the license for sale to the clients and not provide to them as a free drink. And I guess my other question would be to Diane. So this is the wine and malt only, right? Correct. Okay. And we have how many of those? If this is granted tonight, we would still have three available. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Members of the board, any additional questions? Okay, this is a public hearing. Are there any members of the public that wish to um, provide input, ask any questions on this item? I don't see any hands up. I'll give it another couple of seconds to be sure. Okay, seeing no hands up, I will uh, ask for a motion to close the public hearing. I move the board to approve the application for a new wine. Waiting to close the public hearing, the one up from that. I move the board to close the public hearing. Excellent. Second. Okay, motion's been made by Lisa, seconded by Julianne. Any other discussion? All those in favor, Lisa. To, to close the public hearing, aye. Okay, excellent. Julianne? Aye. Kristen? Aye. Laura? Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. The public hearing is now closed. Is there a motion on the application? I move the board to approve the application for a new wine and malt general on malt general on premise license as submitted by Marble House Coiffures, DBA Michael 
Nicholas Michael Spa for the premises located 422 West Main Street with the condition that the licensee receives satisfactory inspections by the building, fire, and health departments. Second. Motion's been made by Lisa, seconded by Julianne. Any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor, Lisa. I'm gonna abstain. Okay, Julianne. Aye. Kristen. Aye. Laura. Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor with one abstention. Um, congratulations, Tesha. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Griffin. That item is now concluded. So, Tesha, I'm going to send you back to the attendees list. You're welcome to stick around if you would like. Thank you very much. Thank. Good. Good luck and congratulations. Thank you. Okay. So next up, we have another public hearing on a similar, somewhat similar item. Let me get to that page. And I will now open the public hearing pursuant to Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 138, Section 12. Notices hereby given that the Board of Selectmen, aka Select Board, will hold a remote public hearing on Monday, November 20th, 2023 at 7.05 p.m. to act in an application to transfer the all-alcoholic beverage restaurant license from Anthony Tomiolo's DBA, AJ Tomiolo's Restaurant, to LCAT Incorporated DBA, AJ Tomiolo's Restaurant, on the following described premises located at 411 West Main Street, Northborough, Massachusetts, dine-in restaurant, approximately 3,518 square feet on one floor, including a porch section with two entrances and four exits. Public hearing is now open. So Lieutenant Griffin is still here, and I know we've got uh, two more people to bring in. Henry Rappa, bringing you in, and we should have Lisa Holmes who I don't see, but we will find out more about that from Henry. Henry, if you could uh, unmute yourself and turn on your camera if you would like. Hello, everyone. Hi, Henry. Uh, my name is Mitch Cohen. Uh, good to see you. Um, I had on my list Lisa Combs joining us tonight. I don't see her name in the attendees list. Do you know if she was still planning on attending or are you on her behalf? I do know she was planning on attending, but okay. I am acting on, on the behalf of of Lisa. Sure. Um, Lisa, if you are in the attendees list under another, all right, I saw Lauren Galato. I'm going to, that are under sound like that might be, okay, might be somebody else's computer. That's fine. Okay. I'm bringing you in. to rename to match what I have. All right, so you must be Lisa. Yes, hello. Excellent. And could you identify yourself, sir? I'm Anthony Tomiolo. Uh, excellent, okay, fantastic. Um, thank you for joining us. I, 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 we read your application, and uh, why don't, but why don't you give us a summary of, uh, of your business, which I think we all know, and, uh, and what you're looking to do with this license transfer. Good evening, members of the select board. Uh, my name is Henry Rappa, and I'm counsel to Lisa and Anthony. Uh, as many of you are aware, Tony Tomiolo owned and operated AJ's restaurant for three decades. And Tony um, 
had a remarkable tradition of welcoming patrons into the restaurant with warm hospitality, uh, he passed away. And in his will, he left his interest in the restaurant and the liquor license to Lisa and Anthony. So they've worked there the vast majority of their adult lives. They have an impeccable record uh, and great customer service. They look forward to honoring their father's tradition of welcoming patrons into the restaurant and continuing the restaurant in his memory. They are the sole shareholders, Lisa and Anthony are the sole shareholders of Elcat Inc. And uh, we, we seek the transfer of the license from the estate of Anthony Tomiolo to Elcat Inc. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Lieutenant Griffin, your usual summary, please. And thank you, Mr. Chair. Absolutely no concerns or issues. Uh, Anthony and Lisa have been there forever, and um, we have no concerns. Okay. Excellent. Uh, members of the board, questions or comments? I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, sorry, I need to get you off, but thank you. thank you. Lisa, I think I saw your hand up. Yes, I was going to offer that same uh, same sentiment and that uh, it's a wonderful restaurant. It's done a lovely job. We've already, many of us have gone there many times and uh, I'm glad that you'll be carrying that on. And, uh, thank, you. thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah you're, you're an excellent member of the, uh, the Northboro community. Um, business has been there of course a while and we we are appreciative of your father's hard work and um and and of your interest in continuing the business that's good for the community thank you um, thank you appreciate other, the kind words great um any other comments or questions from the board this being a public hearing are there any members of the public that wish to offer uh input or have any questions on this item i see none i'll give it another few seconds to be sure Going once, going twice. Okay, I see no comments or questions. Um, unless there's anything else, I will entertain a motion to close the public hearing. Mr. Chairman, I move the board vote to close the public hearing. Second. Motion has been made by Julianne, seconded by Christian to close the hearing. Any questions or comments? Uh, all those in favor, Julianne? Aye. Kristen? Aye. Lisa? Aye. Laura? Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. The public hearing is now closed. Is there a motion on the application? Mr. Chairman, I move the board vote to approve the application for the transfer of the all alcoholic beverages restaurant license from Anthony Tamiolo doing business as AJ's restaurant to LCAT Incorporated doing business as AJ Tamiolo's restaurant for premises located at 411 West Main Street with the condition that the licensee received satisfactory inspections by the building, fire, and health department. Second. Motion's been made by Julianne, seconded by Kristen. Any other comments or questions? All those in favor on the motion, Julianne. Aye. Kristen. Aye. Laura. Aye. Lisa. Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. The application has been granted. Uh, congratulations and thank you very, very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very Happy much. Good luck. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah, you too. You. And Lieutenant Griffin, thank you very much. I think this uh, this concludes your time before us this evening. 
Thank you very much. And always yeah. welcome to stick around, of course. But uh, uh, I have some dessert to eat right now, but um, <laughs> would love to stick around. But have a great Thanksgiving. Dri drive by Northbourne and drop it off. We'd all appreciate you it. Got it. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you Thank very you much. Oh, and, uh, and Henry, I've, I almost forgot about you. Thank you. All right. While we're on the business of public hearings, we have one more to the correct page. I will open the public hearing pursuant to Massachusetts General Laws, Chapter 40, Section 56. You are hereby notified that the Northboro Select Board will hold a remote public hearing on Monday, November 20th, 2023 at 7.10 p.m. for the purpose, well, that was very optimistic, at 7.10 p.m. for the purpose of discussing the proposed valuation of each class of property, vote on a residential factor and the allocation of the tax burden among the four classes of real property, residential, open space, commercial, and industrial, and of personal property. Hearing is now open. I know we have... Um, some special guests. Lee, I will bring you in. And Chris, let's see. I saw on my list Chris Reedy, who I do not see in the attendees list. Chris, if you are there under some other name, feel free to raise your hand and I will bring you in. Or Lee, do you have any idea if uh, Chris Reedy is joining us? Um, I know uh, Chris says he was uh, going to join. Paul uh, is under the weather, so uh, Chris told me he was going to be here. So okay, I have all the information uh, we need. So um, excellent. Right. Um, I understand you have a presentation for us this evening, or do you want to go through verbally? Um, if uh, you you allow me, Mr. Chair, to um, share my screen, is is that all right? Absolutely. Okay. Let me know if you have any technical issues with that, if I need to allow anything. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, good evening, everyone. Thank you for having uh, me here. Uh, uh, my name is Lee Kiamani Long. I'm the uh, principal assessor here in Northborough. Um, and we are here for uh, FY24's um, tax classification hearing. Uh, what I want to do is just kind of walk everybody through the process. Uh, what the classification hearing is, why we do it, and exactly how. Just some of the components uh, that are part of um, the hearing. Um, feel free to stop me at any time um, if there are any questions. And of course, I'll uh, answer any uh, questions um, at the end of um, the uh, uh, packet, okay? Um, first and foremost, oh, let me just move this out of the way. Okay. Can everyone see this here? <laughs> I believe we all can, yes. Okay. Um, now, cities and towns that are certified by the state as assessing uh, property at full fair cash value have the option to shift the tax burden. Uh, the purpose of this hearing is to provide you, the select board, um, all pertinent information for you to make those policy decisions. Um, at the end of this presentation, the select board will vote to uh, adopt a residential factor of one, uh, I'm sorry, a residential factor uh, that'll determine uh, the percentage of the tax levy, as well as vote on some additional um, exemption options available under tax classification. Um, two of the main components uh, when we're dealing with uh, the tax rate are 
town valuation and property uh, the property tax levy. Town valuation is where I come in. I'm going to give you a brief overview of uh, what happened with the town as far as valuation, what we saw in the market, some of the trends that we saw, and give you a breakdown of um, the property classes, uh, the residential versus commercial, uh, what happened from last year to this year. I'll also give you an idea of uh, the type of uh, growth that we saw both on residential and uh, CIP. CIP is a commercial industrial personal property in case uh, uh, anyone's um, wondering. The other um, component is the property tax levy. Uh, the tax levy is the portion of the budget that gets paid through property taxes. It's usually the largest portion of the budget. I kind of want to just give you a summary of this year's budget um, and how some of the uh, the, the, the big budget number was chipped away through state aid, local receipts, and how we actually arrived at the property tax levy uh, this year. And um, as we move along, you'll see how both of these components just kind of come together uh, when we're looking at the tax rate options. Uh, there are four, there are actually four uh, choices uh, when we deal with the uh, classification hearing. Uh, first and foremost, it's the single rate versus the split rate. We'll uh, go over uh, that and I want to make sure that everybody is just like uh, uh, knows what's going on. We'll, we'll hammer that away. Uh, the other three, uh, a lot of towns don't really talk about them legally. I'm supposed to just uh, at least give you a brief overview on them. Uh, the open space discount, residential exemption, and small commercial exemption. Um, we don't have any open space uh, parcels here, so it doesn't really apply. And as far as the other two, because of the makeup of the town, um, they really don't make sense for Northboro. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to um, give you a brief overview on all of them. And again, um, ask me any questions um, uh, if there are any. Uh, as far as FY24, um, the values are based on how the property stood as of January 1, 2023. Uh, and they were primarily developed from sales from calendar 22, commercial industrial income and expense data, uh, field inspections from my staff, and personal property forms of lists. Now, we assess uh, property uh, at 100% full fair cash value here in the Commonwealth and pretty much all of New England, meaning your assessed value should reflect what's going out there in the market. Uh, for example, if the type of property that you own, if uh, it's consistently selling, those types of properties are consistently selling for around 500000 your assessment should be in that ballpark. It doesn't have to be right at um, market value. It should be close. Uh, the state has certain guidelines that I have to follow uh, when I run my sales analysis uh, every year. Uh, they have what we call um, acceptable guideline, uh, acceptable ranges. So uh, a good uh, range is within 10% of market value. Um, commercial properties, um, unlike the residential properties that are based on sales, commercial and industrial properties are based on the income approach. I'm basically taking the potential gross income minus expenses. Um, that leaves me with a, a net operating income uh, that's uh, capitalize over a rate of return. When we say potential gross income on a, a commercial property, it's not the business income, it's actually the rentable um, space of that building. So if I have two um, uh, apartment buildings, one's uh, a bunch of uh, uh, 
one bedrooms, the other ones are a bunch of three bedrooms. A three bedroom rents for more than one bedroom. So it, it's that type of concept. We're looking at the potential gross income uh, of the properties in town. Uh, all the commercial and industrial properties uh, send us, uh, well, we send them um, some uh, data inquiries. They send them back. We get an idea. It gives us an idea of the types of rent uh, that they're getting, the types of expenses. So that way I'm able to create um, what we call market rent and market expenses uh, for those particular types of property. What kind of rents are office space getting? Uh, what kind of uh, rents and expenses are retail space uh, getting? That type of thing. Uh, that way, again, I'm able to value them based on uh, the rental um, portion and the expense portion uh, of what's going on in calendar 22. Uh, personal property forms of list. All businesses in town are subject to personal property uh, taxes. It kind of depends on how large your operation is and the type of um, ownership uh, that you have. Um, most accounts send us a, a form of list. It's basically an audit of uh, an audit list of everything that uh, you have, uh, machinery and equipment. Um, used in the day-to-day -day, uh, operations uh, of your business. Uh, after reviewing all of this, uh, we uh, make our adjustments. We submit them to the state uh, for their blessing. Um, our final values were actually approved back in August. So I've been kind of waiting for this hearing since August. And um, some of the statistical averages that we saw um, are right here. Single-family properties increased by about 7.7%, condos by 8%, uh, twos and threes uh, by 3%. Some of the smaller apartments and commercial space by 10%, uh, the, the big industrial and the larger apartment complexes by uh, 17%, and personal property uh, overall by 10%. And the town um, as a whole increased in value uh, by 360 67 million or about 9.4% uh, um, from last year. Just wanted to give you a visual of what's going on from last year till this year, excuse me. Um, again, uh, total value uh, of the town went from 3.8 billion to 4.2 billion. The makeup of the town also um, shifted a little bit. Last year, we had about 74% um, residential um, and almost 26% CIP. This year, um, went to, um, it shifted about 1%. Uh, residential makes up about 73% uh, um, of the, the total valuation, and the CIP uh, is about 27%. Um, it's been pretty steady, kind of like this. Again, I just wanted to give you all a visual of um, uh, the makeup of the town. The makeup of the town is, um, it plays an important role in um, the tax levy, as you'll see. Um, these value increases are a combination of both market adjustments and new growth. Um, throughout the year, uh, my staff uh, tries to capture as much new growth as possible. When we, when we talk about new growth, it's anything new to the tax base uh, that wasn't um, captured last year. If I have a piece of land one year, somebody uh, starts to build a house on it, the value of that new building is captured as quote unquote new growth. Uh, the town saw 
a total of uh, 40.9 million in new growth valuation. Some of that included 10 single family homes, uh, two townhouses, a couple of warehouse and retail buildings, a few vacant lots, and several major renovation and addition projects. The majority of our new growth, uh, because we're so built out, uh, come from um, the major renovation and uh, addition projects. Uh, this uh, to, uh, new growth valuation uh, equals about 606,000 in taxable uh, dollars. This number is actually used in our uh, levy limit calculation. Um, the state kind of limits uh, how much uh, we can levy from one year to the next, um, as you'll see. Um, so this number is uh, important in, in, in that uh, process. Um, same thing, I just wanted to give you a visual of what's going on with the town um, as far as new growth. It was pretty much uh, half and half, 20 million of, of new growth that uh, the town saw was on the resi residential side, CIP. Most of it was on the personal property side. Um, you have your um, usual suspects, uh, uh, Amazon, FedEx, um, some of the big ticket items, uh, also Mass Electric um, and um, some of the other big utilities, they're us they usually make a, up a portion of uh, the new growth on the personal property side. Uh, we've discussed uh, the property values. Now let's take a look at the property tax levy. Property tax levy is the portion of the budget that gets paid through property taxes. It's usually the largest portion of uh, the budget. If we just go down uh, the list, uh, we can just uh, see uh, this year's um, budget and how uh, we kind of just like chip away at it. This year's uh, total uh, town budget, that this includes all the appropriations plus some additional um, items like um, uh, what we pay into uh, Worcester uh, Retirement, uh, the Worcester Retirement Fund, okay? Uh, we slowly chip away at, at the big, uh, big budget um, number through state aid, local receipts, free cash, enterprise funds. Um, Every uh, city and town gets a portion of state aid. Uh, that amount is not the same across the board. It kind of depends on uh, how many kids are enrolled in school, um, the size of um, the town itself. Um, our portion of state aid is about 5.9 million. That kind of chips away at uh, the big, big budget number. Uh, local receipts, any type of um, anticipated payment at the local level also chips away at the big budget number. Uh, licenses, fees, fines, uh, permits. The biggest local receipt uh, every city and town gets is um, the motor vehicle excise, uh, the uh, car taxes. Uh, those chip away at uh, the big budget number. Uh, we also have uh, sewer and water um, enterprise funds. Uh, CPA and free cash also chip away at, at, at the big budget number. We are then left with uh, the property tax levy. This is the portion uh, that the property owners uh, need to make up um, to pay for uh, the budget. Uh, there are limits, uh, again, uh, on the amount of uh, levy, well, the amount that uh, a town can levy from year to year. If, if you've all heard of Prop 2.5, it, it kind of um, gives the state, um, well, it gives the town certain limitations, and the state kind of just checks in on us every year just to make sure that we're complying. And uh, just to let everybody know, I have a lot of uh, property owners coming in trying to uh, quote me Prop 2.5, and, 
It's not on the individual bill. It's the entire property tax levy. And it actually uh, doesn't have to do with the levy itself. It's the levy limit. Okay. We actually take last year's levy limit, add your two and a half percent, add your new growth that we just talked about, and uh, we get our new levy limit uh, for FY24. Now, the law uh, allows us to add certain things like debt exclusions and capital expenditure exclusions uh, to this levy limit. Um, normally, if, there, if, if you have some uh, large project like a school or a senior center, you don't have like 20 or 30 million just lying around. You usually borrow um, to pay for the project. Uh, this debt exclusion um, uh, is uh, for, uh, I believe, like five or six projects uh, from the past that we're paying uh, the uh, principal and interest uh, for this year, okay? Um, we You add all that up uh, and you're given um, the new maximum allowable levy, okay? And again, this is just a fail safe. The state just wants to make sure that we are in compliance with Prop 2.5. And, and as you see, our maximum allowable levy, uh, the amount that we can tax up to is about 64.8 million. Our estimated levy is about 60.7. So we're about 4 million below that maximum allowable. So this actually does save um, uh, the property owners a little bit of money. Uh, it has to do with um, good planning, um, good estimates uh, when we're doing uh, the budget from year to year. Okay. Any questions so far? I'm sorry if I'm like going really fast. No? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. The reason why you're here, uh, the select board must vote to determine the percentage of the property tax levy uh, to be borne um, by each real and personal property. Uh, you actually have two options. You're going to adopt a residential factor of one. Uh, that result will uh, be all property um, classes being taxed at the same rate. It's called the single tax rate. The other one, uh, the other option is adopting a factor of less than one. Um, uh, when and if that uh, occurs, the residential share actually goes down. The CIP share goes up. So the major classes will be uh, taxed at different rates. It's uh, what we call the split tax rate or the dual tax rate. And just to give you a visual, we have the property tax levy that we just talked about uh, when we chipped away at the big budget number. Um, we also have the new value of the town, the 4.2 billion. If I divide the estimated levy by the new value of the town, I actually get an estimated single tax rate. This is uh, the basic formula behind it. Um, if uh, the select board chooses to do so, you can leave all this uh, uh, as is. You're actually gonna choose a residential factor here that's gonna be multiplied against the residential share of the property, uh, of, the, um, of, the, uh, of the town class. So one times any number equals one. So uh, if that is your choice, residential uh, share stays the same, commercial uh, share stays the same, everybody pays the same rate. Um, it is uh, known, again, as the single tax rate. Should the select board decide this, then the estimated tax rate for FY24 will be $14.28 per thousand for all classes. Um, and based on the average single family value and the average commercial value for FY24, uh, these are the resulting um, tax bills. Um, tax bill on the average single family property will be about 
$8,917. This is an increase of about $342 or about 4% um, compared to last year. On the commercial side, um, the average tax bill uh, will be about $22,000. It's an increase of about $4,000 um, compared to last year. Uh, historically, the select board has voted uh, a residential factor of one, uh, resulting in the single tax rate. Just wanted to give you um, uh, a 10 year look back. Um, uh, the town has never, um, well, the last 10 years has never uh, chosen um, uh, a dual tax rate. And as you can see, these are some of the assessments over the years, some of the uh, tax bills uh, for the single family property um, leading up to now. It's about a 3% to about 5% increase every year. Um, other than FY20 and FY21, those values and tax bills were kind of flat. I believe that was um, the uh, COVID years we were dealing with the pandemic. Um, at that time. Um, and as far as state rankings, uh, if I'm going from highest tax bill to the lowest, we kind of like rank like a high 60s in the 70 range. Okay. Out of 351? Right? Out of 351, yes, sir. And I was told uh, like uh, how, how do we fare as far as uh, assessed values and tax bills with our neighbors? Um, this is just kind of a visual of just our immediate neighbors. Northborough is here in the red. Uh, we're usually like right in the middle. Um, we're very neck and neck with uh, uh, Shrewsbury as far as assessed values for our single family um, properties. Uh, we're actually usually just uh, below uh, Shrewsbury, uh, just to give you an idea. This year, uh, the average value for a single family property is about $624,000. Uh, Shrewsbury is going to be like 660. So again, we're always just slightly below Shrewsbury. Uh, as far as uh, the tax bill on the average single um, fam <clears throat> excuse me, family, we're always right in the middle. Um, we're always right below uh, Westboro and Southboro and um, just a little bit more than Grafton and Shrewsbury. I don't really like using Shrewsbury as um, a good comp the town and their budget, they're, they're kind of double our size, double this, they're, they're actually more comparable to, to Marlboro. Um, but again, I was asked to just, you know, give you a visual of um, just the immediate um, surrounding uh, towns. Um, the other option, residential factor of less than one, which uh, indicates a split tax rate. When we say shift the burden, um, the levy itself does not change. You're actually shifting who pays what. Um, so the makeup of the town, again, right now is about 73% residential, 27% commercial. So in this example of a 10% shift, you're actually shifting uh, a portion of the residential share over to the commercial. So uh, the uh, commercial properties, instead of coming up with 27% of the levy, they're gonna now come up with uh, close to 30% of the levy, okay? When this happens, um, the CIP share goes up, the residential share actually goes down from 73% down to, seven, uh, to 70% with this 10% shift. The tax rates also change um, if there is a shift. Uh, as you can see, the residential uh, tax uh, rate goes from 1428 to 1375. Uh, CIP goes from 1428 to 1571. Um, the effect on the tax bills also kind of follows that trend 
with the 10% shift, the residential tax bill on average will see a savings of about $330. The commercial tax bill, however, will go up uh, about $2,200. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, just to want to give you an idea of some of the percent shift options and kind of how they affect the tax bills, both on the residential side and the commercial side. The, uh, the residential side does um, get some savings the more uh, the more you shift over, but uh, because of the nature of the uh, property values, the, the property values uh, on the commercial side are much, much higher, so they are impacted more significantly. Um, uh, the way I see it, it's about for every dollar savings on the residential side, the commercial tax bill uh, will see an increase of about $6.85. Okay. Are there any questions here um, on this chart? No? Okay. Any board questions here? I have a question. Sure. sure. But it's on slide number 15. 15. Lee, Lee that's up to you whether you want to double back um, or not. Sure. Um, wait, maybe it's for, so I had that the commercial tax rate is going up 18%. Was that this slide or the one before? Yeah. Tax yeah. on increase of 18% as opposed to the This, is, this is last year's uh, uh, average uh, commercial tax bill versus this year's average commercial tax bill if nothing is shifted. It, this is just how they're just falling. And and that's because commercial property increased so much in value? A little bit of value, yes. Um, uh, again, um, the adjustments that I make are follow the market. Um, some of my properties uh, were kind of on the low side. I do have sales. I do have um, INEs that kind of tell me that they were assessed uh, not as their assessment to sale ratios weren't uh, as tight, if that makes sense. Um, but but yes, this is uh, last year's uh, average um, tax bill versus this year's average tax bill, just left alone. Okay, thank okay. you. Sure. Uh, related question: Did you um, have any particularly large commercial properties that went onto the books? Went this, onto the books. There were just a, a handful of um, warehouses, not 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 the big distribution ones, but a couple of um, warehouses, a few retail um, uh, properties, but 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 nothing super significant. Thank you. Okay. Let's see, so some pros and cons with the um, residential factor of less than one. Uh, first and foremost, it does offer residential property owners some tax relief. Um, some of the cons, um, it does shift the burden from the residential onto the commercial, which already pay a higher, uh, a, a, a higher individual share because of their high uh, individual values. Uh, it's not really seen as business friendly. Um, a lot of uh, prospective um, investors and businesses, uh, the ones that do call up um, my office and other uh, neighboring towns, one of the first things they ask is, hey, what's your tax rate? Hey, what, what are your taxes? Are you a, a single versus split? Um, it is one of the first things that they ask. Um, 
property expenses, including taxes, uh, do get typically passed on to their tenants, uh, both the small commercial and the big ones. Uh, the uh, big distribution warehouses that uh, uh, you all know that, that come to mind, um, you might not know it, but they actually uh, don't own the buildings. They're actually tenants, okay? Um, and those are just some of the highlights of the pros and cons. Um, if there are any questions on the uh, single versus split, I'll answer them now before I move on. Questions, yes. Lisa? <laughs> yes, hi. You said um, earlier um, that the, the commercial rate was really for um, market rents and expenses, uh, potential gross income. So that was that means that that commercial that commercial tax is really for the owners of the properties that rent to the tenants, and normally the tenants are the businesses. Is that correct? I mean, most of the time, um, the there's not a lot of owner-operated businesses where they own the building and then they own the business inside of the building. Is you're, that you're Yes, you're correct. Uh, the majority of the businesses in town are tenants uh, that, that pay some type of gross or um, net lease. Um, typically, um, it's they're, they're kind of built into their rent. Uh, a lot of the triple net leases have taxes, like uh, provisions that pay a portion, if not all, of the tax burden um, from the property owner. It is passed down. So it's passed down directly like that, where it comes out of their gross profit, so to speak? Um, so yes, uh, depending on um, the, the type of lease. Many of these leases are long-term, um, uh, five through 20-year um, length leases, and there are provisions that uh, the tenants uh, pay a portion of the tax. So that if, if we said that Amazon is a, a tenant, yep. uh, then are they... Are they also well, you wouldn't necessarily know this question, but are they also part of that um, group that would have their have the owner's tax passed down to them? I can tell you for a fact that um, a majority of the big distribution warehouses, almost all of them are tenants and have those type of provisions in in their leases built in. Okay, so they do actually then they become more responsible for. For, for providing you know tax revenue for the town since yep. they use more of the roads and the police and fire services and such. Right. All right, so, but it is kind of interesting just to go back to your comment that people call and ask about, you know, business friendly uh, because of the business values. I mean, but isn't that usually business friendly, isn't that usually considered a smaller uh, business owners? It's, 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 it's both because we, we have to lump in. We're not separating smaller and larger. We're, we're lumping them all in together. I know um, we're always talking about beautifying uh, downtown and making it business friendly. Higher taxes or a dual rate is usually not um, considered business friendly, if that makes sense. If I have an option to open up here in town versus a neighboring town, I'm I'm going to choose the, the the cheaper option because uh, the taxes are uh, a large expense of, of my uh, my business operation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Um, additional uh, tax rate options. Uh, we have open space discount, residential exemption, and small commercial exemption. 
Um, open space discount. Um, we we you sometimes hear uh, it in um, planning and conservation. Um, here in the, the assessing world, it's basically privately owned land that's kind of left in its natural condition where anybody can just uh, use it. I don't have any open space um, classification here in town. I don't. I believe uh, for the last ten years we have not used this um, classification. It's rarely used. I think it, it's because of um, liability issues. Uh, if somebody comes onto my land and, and breaks their ankle, they can actually sue me, you know, because it happened on my property. So uh, for this option here, uh, there are no parcels in town with this classification. Uh, so there's no need to vote on this. Uh, residential exemption. So we talked about um, pushing the burden from residential to commercial. Uh, in this uh, option, the residential exemption, it's actually shifting the burden from owner-occupied properties over to the non-owner-occupied properties. You see this in places like Boston, Cambridge, Brookline. You have a lot of high-rises, a lot of apartment buildings that are non-owner-occupied. Uh, those municipalities um, chose to shift the burden from the owner-occupied over to um, those apartment complexes. Same thing down by the Cape, a lot of uh, vacation homes, a lot of uh, second homes um, that make up those uh, municipalities. Uh, those towns chose to shift the burden from um, uh, the owner-occupied onto the non-owner-occupied. Uh, here in our town, it, it really doesn't make sense because the majority of our, our residential properties are already owner-occupied. You'd actually be shifting this exemption onto yourself and actually increasing the tax rate for the residential um, properties. Um, just to show you what I mean, these are all the um, residential properties uh, for this year. Um, these are the total parcels in the value of all the residential properties, about 3.1 billion. And uh, the burden of uh, the on the residential properties is that amount uh, giving us a, a tax rate here. If I, if, if I'm sorry, if the select board chose to put a 10% exemption on these properties, the majority of them would get that exemption. It actually drops everybody's value down. So when values go down, tax rate goes up, uh, values go up, tax rate goes down. The levy stays the same, but the tax rate actually gets increased because of this option. Okay. Um, if the makeup of our town was a little bit different, if we had a, a lot of um, apartment complexes or some secondary homes, vacation homes, it would make sense um, here because of, of the makeup of, of the residential properties, it's actually like 89.65%, almost 90% owner occupied. It just really doesn't make sense uh, for Northborough. Okay. Uh, small commercial exemption, same thing. Um, it's a shift in the burden just in the uh, uh, commercial um, class. Uh, it actually shifts the burden from lower valued commercial properties onto higher valued commercial properties. Some of the uh, exemption guidelines, uh, it has to be a commercial build, uh, business, not industrial, cannot have more than 10 employees. Uh, the building value cannot be more than a million. Um, and uh, most importantly, the exemption goes to the building owner, not the business. 
Uh, some of the reasons why uh, it's not really used, only 14 out of 351 communities used uh, this exemption. Uh, there's really no way to regulate it, okay? And uh, most importantly, most of the um, commercial uh, properties, they, they're actually, uh, they rent and lease uh, their workspace um, from the smallest ones all the way to, to the big distribution uh, warehouses. Uh, they're all tenants. This exemption goes to the um, property owner, okay? Um, let's see. A question on that, Lee. Um, yes, the, the building value can't exceed a million in yes. assessed value. So that's probably another large limiting factor uh, on that. I, I bet we we have a lot of what people would call small to mid-sized commercial buildings that probably have a valuation over a million dollars. Right, yes, yeah. exactly, Mr. Chair. So it would only be those under that that would benefit, even if the business was small, if a business is located, if there are three businesses in a larger building that's worth more than a million dollars, they wouldn't benefit. Yeah, they they would not qualify. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Um, just wanted to show you um, the uh, top uh, 10 uh, taxpayers, um, just to give you a visual. Um, and I think that's all I have here. Um, the Board of Assessors did review all this information and here are some of my, our recommendations. Uh, because again, pretty much the, the makeup of the town, uh, the Board of Assessors recommends a residential factor of one in the continued use of a single tax rate. Um, there are no open space parcels in town, so uh, this option is not applicable. And as far as residential exemption and small commercial exemption, uh, the Board of Assessors has determined that these options don't really pertain to Northboro because of the makeup of residential and commercial. So these options should not be considered. And I think that's it. I'll stop sharing. I actually have a question on 28. Yes. Um, one slide back from where you are. So the very top one, AVB, that's Avalon, correct? That is Avalon, yes. Yeah. And they, so that's considered, even though it's uh, residential apartments, that's considered commercial property value? Commercial we, property. we value um, those uh, large apartments uh, through the income approach. Right. So, so if there if there were a residential shift, this would benefit Avalon positively or negatively in the dollar amount. They would actually benefit uh, uh, Avalon positively in the dollar amount because of their high assessment. So they, I'm sorry. So they would save money or pay extra. They would money. save money. They, they would, would save money. So that so that's considered res residential. It, it is all, all living living um, space properties okay. like uh, the one like the one class. Uh, they are um, uh, valued as uh, well. They are deemed residential. Okay. Residential okay. Okay. Alrighty. Um, I'll stop sharing uh, unless there are any other questions. Julianne. Oh yes. So you didn't you didn't go over too much personal property tax. Okay. So for example. Amazon leases, right? Do you assess Amazon? Do you, do you assess the renter's personal property? The business itself uh, are responsible for their own personal property. So if I'm a business owner and if I have tenants in my building and they operate certain businesses, personal property would belong to those tenants. Okay. 
Okay. So, sense? so is it the tenant who discloses their personal property or the owner of the building? The, the personal property belongs to the tenant. To the it's tenant. The business. And, and how do you figure that out? How do you go into a business and say, can I need to assess your personal property or is it a, an honor system? How does that work? little bit of an honor system but um the existing accounts uh send us the form of list if there is a new business in town we get a list from uh, the town clerk um they get visited um by my staff or the vendor that we use specifically for commercial property um valuation um and uh, once they're on our uh, tax roll uh, they'll get sent uh, the form of list every year just to make sure that they're still there and their equipment um, has not changed and if they've added on we can we consider any add-ons to be uh, quote unquote new growth on the personal property side okay thank you sure yes, and do you use do you go to the um the business personal property side and like you do with residential every five years or every two years, what is it? When do you go in to make those adjustments just by, you know, visual? Or do you um, just- We use, we, we, on the personal property um, accounts, we have a vendor that we use. Um, we're kind of on a, a cyclical cycle. So they'll take a uh, uh, hundred or 200 accounts, uh, visit those and just, uh, visit uh, the ones that they did not visit uh, the next year. So in a cyclical cycle, uh, the state wants both resident, um, um, residential and CIP um, properties to be visited once every 10 years. So this has been an ongoing uh, cyclical uh, program. Okay. Okay. Any other questions? All right, I'll stop sharing, uh, Mr. Chair. Sure. Thanks, Lee. Okay, hey, um, let's have uh, some some comments from questions from the board, and then we'll open it up to the public as this is a public hearing. Um, our our primary decision tonight is um, is whether to continue with what North Grove has always had, which is a single tax, um, or whether to do anything different. Um, you know, the assessors have have presented one alternative. If we went that way. Um, I, I've expressed my opinion in the past, which is that a single tax rate is the better way to go, but, uh, but we are a board of five. So I, I would look forward to hearing any comments or questions from members of the board. Kristen. Um, so this is my third time voting on this and, um, I, I think especially since we are um, working towards our downtown revitalization and bringing in businesses, um, I think right now would be a bad time to change the tax rate. That's my two cents. Thanks, Christian. Laura. Hi, Lee. Uh, thanks, Mr. Chair. Hi, Lee. Thank you for the presentation today. I really enjoyed how in-depth you went just explaining it all. Um, I, I think similar to Kristen right now with so much uncertainty in the economy, as much as I love the idea of, of finding creative ways to save money, I don't think this is the right time to further burden our businesses. Uh, but I do 
I, I appreciate the, the thought that we put into this. And I do think we're going to have a lot of work on our hands to figure out how to save money. But I don't think that putting that burden on the businesses is a route that I would like to take right now. Uh, but I do appreciate all this information today. Thank you, Laura. Any other comments or questions? Sorry, Lisa, did I, you have something? Or I heard, was, I heard your voice, but I but I saw Kristen's hand go up, so I'm not quite sure I what was I saw. Just, I was just going to add, thank you, Lee. That was a really great presentation. Yeah. I really appreciated it. Yeah, I, I um, that was really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Lisa? Yes, I, I actually, the last sound that you heard from my microphone was not me. I was throwing my voice across the room, barking. Um, um, I, you know, I too am you know, very happy with just keeping things as they are with a single tax rate. I'm sometimes um, surprised at how much emphasis and, and questions are put on this dual tax rate every year. Um, I think we've pretty much stayed the same. We've looked out for as many things as we can look out. And I don't know that next year might be different with a lot of new things coming on the board, uh, not us, but on the board. And, um, and I think that uh, we're all pretty well, you know, we're, we're considering everybody. I don't think we're just trying to shift anything to anybody just to create a problem. So, um, you know, it's almost, it's almost a little bit too much about nothing to, to keep going on about the single tax rate, dual tax rate sometimes, but, um, you know, I don't see any reason why we should be changing it this year. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Um, if there are no other comments or questions from the board, I'll open it up to the public. If uh, any member of the public wishes to uh, to offer any input or ask any questions, raise your electronic hand, and I'd be more than happy to recognize you. I'll admit somewhat surprised that I don't see a chain of hands going up. Okay, here comes a hand. All right, Fran Baxton. I'll bring you in if you could unmute your microphone, identify yourself, and let you know what's let us know what's on your mind. Baxton at seventy six Cedar Hill Road. I just want to say thank you for the the comments. Uh, certainly, the presentation and the comments of the members of the board. Um, having sat on the board for six years, I know that it is something about something. Though, it, as long as we continue going with the single tax rate, it does sound like. Uh, um, quite an exercise. I will say that I think that we have to look at the math. The reason why, you know, those of us who've been in town for many years, our tax bills go up is because the assessed values of our homes are going up so much. I, when I came to town, the tax rate was 17 and a half dollars. Now it's 14 and a half, yet my tax bill is four times what it was when I moved here. So um, having appreciation for the fact that it's the assessed values that are causing the um, tax rates to go up on the residents, um, changing the tax rate really is not going to make enough of a difference. So I appreciate the fact that you are leaning towards um, leaving it as a single tax rate. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. I see Karen Chapman. Karen, if you could unmute yourself and identify yourself, let us know what's on your mind. Good evening. My name is Karen Chapman. I'm president of the Court and I for 95 Regional Chamber of Commerce. First of all, I want to appreciate the great presentation done by uh, Lee, very exhaustive information. And also to recognize that I know you all received a, a letter submitted by me and a lot of letters from the town residents and 
local business owners in support of single tax classification. Um, a lot of the great reasons stated um, have already been outlined by your town uh, assessor Lee, but more importantly, I wanna thank the select board members for their, at this point, continued support of a single tax classification. I know you're looking at strongly at revitalizing your downtown and I truly believe this is the right direction to go to. So thank you so much. And um, I appreciate all the great information that was shared tonight. Thank you very much, Karen. Okay, if there are any other members of the public that wish to speak, if you could raise your virtual hands, I don't see any up right now. All right, ask and you shall receive. We've got a couple here. Jason Perot, if you could uh, identify yourself, let us know what's on your mind. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Can you hear me? Yes, we do. Great. Uh, Jason Perot, 27 Treetop Circle. Uh, speaking as a resident, but from the perspective of having served the board for the nine years prior to this tax classification hearing and having uh, participated in those nine prior ones, um, I do want to uh, uh, acknowledge the board's apparent position <laughs> in uh, by their comments expressed to maintain a single tax rate. I do think it's uh, um, something that we need to preserve to uh, continue to promote commercial uh, and industrial development in town. And uh, through that, through the expansion of commercial and industrial valuation, increase their, uh, their proportion of the town valuation and of the town tax levy. And then, you know, in, in combination with that, uh, provides a mitigating effect on, on the residential side. Um, the information that I saw in the packet um, was entirely, seemingly, <laughs> in support of the single tax rate. Uh, um, if uh, I'm a little puzzled by some of the comments of the board members, because I think in other venues, uh, at times, they have suggested looking at a dual tax rate, and that has spurred some reaction among the business community and some residents. So uh, if, if there's some uh, uh, lack of understanding about that, I would say it comes from that uh, that past representation and past positions that they may have taken um, in that regard. Um, just, you know, to the extent this does come up, uh, uh, consideration of a dual tax rate in the future, I would suggest that it's not something that can be evaluated and decided within the context of a single tax classification meeting. Uh, it's certainly much more complex than other undertakings that the town uh, has done and and uh, requires something on the order of a year-long study to fully understand any effects that would accrue from that, uh, positive or negative, and then make a policy decision based on that. Um, there hasn't been any uh, notification to the public by the board as a body of any interest or intent to explore expose, imposing a dual tax rate there's been no motivation or policy goal articulated. There's been no data gathered, no outreach for public input from taxpayers of all property classes, no assessment of how any increase on the commercial and industrial valuation side uh, would be affected by a dual tax rate and whether those changes would counteract the intended benefit to the residential class. No analysis of how a dual tax rate would impair the town's ability to attract economic development opportunities in competition with our neighboring communities. No comparison of tax rate policy in communities similar to Northboro across the Commonwealth and whether any such similar communities that impose a dual tax rate regret doing so. 
no determination of a target residential factor, a target shift amount, no specification of whether a shift would be fixed or adaptive, and if adaptive, by what criteria, no implementation plan. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm citing all of these things to explain or at least illustrate the complexity of making this decision. And so, as I said, uh, I don't anticipate that this is the kind of decision that can take place within the single uh, within a single uh, hearing. Uh, it's something that uh, if there is will on the board to pursue that, they need to articulate it, they need to explain it, and they need to conduct an appropriate long-term evaluation to fully understand the effects before attempting to implement it. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Jason. Okay, I don't see any other hands up. Before we close the hearing, I'll um, open it up to uh, members of the board or anybody else on the meeting if uh, anybody has any additional comments or questions before we close the hearing. Lisa. Um, I have a couple. Uh, first off, I think we stated that we weren't interested in doing that right now, and I'm kind of surprised we heard all that about what we need to do. I think when the time comes, if this board decides to do that, we will go about doing it as thoughtful and as researching as possible. So thank you for reminding us that that would be how to do it, but I'm pretty sure we'd probably do that. Um, I have also knows that all the letters that we received um, from um, residents and uh, business owners in relationship um, for the letter from the um, quarter nine, that it was interesting that it was more, almost twice as many residents versus businesses that was supporting not raising the rate since they're 75% of the tax base and the commercial is only 10. So that's kind of an interesting uh, thought. Why, why would so many residents be supporting so little businesses? That's kind of a crazy, crazy number. So I don't understand why that happened, but I do wanna do one thing. Um, I hear from a lot of seniors that talk about the dual tax rate, and I think they're the ones that feel the most pain because they're on the fixed incomes. And uh, one, one gentleman in particular wanted me to read a very brief uh, remark that he was making, and I think since he wasn't able to do it himself, I'd like to do that right now. Um, he writes that the implement full cost, and, uh, and again, I'm only doing this as a, a, a service for the individuals that don't get a chance to represent themselves. I, I'm going to make a suggestion, Lisa, if these are words you agree with, I think it's perfectly fine to go ahead and read a letter. If they are words that um, maybe they're not your, they're not akin to your words, um, maybe there are other avenues that that person can get this into the record. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to say I, I'm, I support I support all residents, and I feel that they have a, they they need to hear have a voice, just like everybody else who has a voice. So I would like to do it under under that, and it's not very long. Sure. So, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of read it. I did not edit this. I'm not you know I didn't ask for all of that. I just want to make that up front. So the the remarks were implement full cost accounting into budget process and financial analysis in decision making. The goal is to cut expenses and to achieve a more balanced, fair budget. What's being called an economy is actually profits made by a few that is widening the financial inequality of town residents and diminishing their means to keep ahead of expenses and living costs. There is no proof or studies that show that low taxes to businesses and wealthy will improve the health and economy of our community or town. 
In fact, it's just the opposite. A dual tax system is needed to ensure that residents of all ages and financial means can live comfortably. Local businesses rely on the patronage of local residents, and their success is that of an individual's family expendable income, not the other way around. The single tax is, in reality, using taxpayers' money to subsidize local businesses as residents' expense. Uh, we pay the price in property taxes and service cost increases, while the profits and costs benefits go to the various businesses. This is a divisive and unequitable economy, and it's not sustainable, as we already know. Now, again, that's one of the seniors, and um, and I just felt that it was necessary to have um, somebody else's voice. We already know what we're going to do, but I do think that it's nice to be able to offer that. So thank you for listening. While you were speaking, Lisa, we had two more hands come up from the public. Uh, Scott Rogers, bringing you in. If you could uh, unmute, identify yourself, let us know what's on your mind, please. Thank you, Mr. Chair. 26 Tomahawk Drive. Uh, just to answer the question on why you saw so much of a reaction this year, it was due to statements made by two board members in earlier meetings that it was thought that there was an indication that um, at least one and possibly two were interested in the split tax rate. As to the reasons why you saw lots of residents respond is I think residents realize that without studying the situation, simply shifting to a dual tax rate is really just a short-term gimmick to reduce residential taxes. But we'd see due to the impact that from Lee's presentation, you saw how it has a, um, a uh, effect a, a spiral that those increases are passed down to the tenants. Those increases are passed down then to the uh, patrons of those businesses. You'll also see at one bullet in this slide that the increased taxes then reduces the valuation of the bills businesses, which then shifts more of the burden onto the residents directly. So the reason you saw my own letter and letters from other um, other residents is that there's an understanding that unduly putting that burden on the commercial businesses does lead to direct increases uh, in subsequent years to the residents. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Uh, Fran Backstrom, back for uh, for more. Fran, if you could unmute. And uh, we already know who you are. Just let us know what's on your mind. It's okay. Well, I will say that I am a senior on a fixed income, and I took the time to come to this meeting um, both in person. But I would just from a point of order standpoint, all the letters that were submitted are on the record as part of your um, the packet and the public record. If um, select board member Maselli was reading a letter, um, I think if it's going to be part of the record, it needs to be identified as to who wrote it, just like all the other letters that are written in part of the record. That's all. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. I'll agree. That is that is my preference. That if uh, members of the public want to get get a letter in, that's the best way to do it. Um, but it's been, this is by Gib Chase. So excellent. Thank you, Gib, for for offering those comments. Um, all right. Any other members of the board, Julianne? So first of all, um, should we mention how many people sent us letters in favor of this single? You certainly can if you'd like, yeah, uh, quite a number. Yeah, I, it was over 50 that on last count, right? 
I did. I didn't count, so I, I'll trust you to that. But it sounds on the uh, right. So order. approximately fifty, and I, I just want to clear something up. Um, I think that that there's a lot of passion around this, and uh, you know, maybe you know, people have strong opinions about the single tax rate, but if if people are misinterpreting my or or some of our willingness to every year consider all options, then um, I don't think that that's a bad thing. You know, economy changes, the amount of businesses changes, property values change. And to give this a good hard look every year, I think is our responsibility. And if I may, I have one more question for Lee, and I hope it doesn't put you on the spot, but just for our edification, in what circumstance would you recommend a dual tax rate? Um, if the makeup of the, of the town uh, was a little bit more CIP, maybe like a 60-40, it might make sense. And if uh, the uh, larger um, uh, commercial industrial weren't as significant, so that way it'd be almost like a balance. Um, that would be my only recommendation, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, if the, the commercial class was just slightly higher in, in the overall um, town valuation. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Julianne, I'll, I'll add my thoughts on that. Um, you know, I, I think that splitting a tax rate may make sense, for example, in a community that is already at 100% commercial build out and otherwise is no longer interested in attracting businesses. Um, that's not Northboro. That's not going to be Northboro for decades. Um, there may be other communities that fall into that category where maybe for that community it makes sense. Uh, but that's, in, in my head, that's always been the scenario that, you know, clearly splitting off the tax rate to put more burden on businesses um, no longer attracts business. Uh, and I, I believe in that firmly. Well, if you're a community that doesn't have to attract business, um, that's at least an option you can consider. Uh, I said Northboro, it's it's not in that scenario, and, uh, and and I don't know if it ever will be, but it it probably won't be in any of our lifetimes. Okay. Any other comments or questions? I see no more um, hands up in the audience. So um, with that, I will entertain. A motion to close the public hearing with the Board of Assessors. Uh, Mr. Chair, I move the board vote to close the public hearing with the Board of Assessors. Okay. Motion's been made by Kristen, seconded by Laura. Any other discussion? All those in favor, Kristen? Aye. Laura? Aye. Julianne? Aye. Lisa? Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. Public hearing is now closed. Is there a motion on the tax rate? Mr. Chair, I move the board vote to maintain a uniform tax rate for all classes of property at a factor of one to oppose the implementation of a residential exemption and to oppose the implementation of a small commercial exemption. Second. Motion's been made by Christian, seconded by Laura. Any other comments or questions? Um, all those in favor, Kristen. Aye. Laura. 
Hi. Lisa. Aye. Julianne. Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. Lee, thank you very much. You've got your uh, your your tax rate set. Um, really, truly appreciate your time with us this evening. Thank you for having me. Very, very, very informative thank as always. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay. Um, next up, we have Community Affairs Committee. Um, it was going to be Chair Susie Sizlika, but uh, Susie let me know that she has a conflict, so I'll be bringing in Jen Martin. Um, with a request to close Bike Street for the uh, 2023 annual tree lighting and menorah lighting events. Jen, I'm going to bring you in. Jen, once you're in, if you could unmute and uh, turn around the camera if you'd like. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Jen. How are you? Everybody. Hi, Jen. Great. Uh, hi. So I'm identify yourself uh, for the record. Sorry? You can just identify yourself, say you're, you're yes. Jen Martin. So Jen Committee. Martin representing Community Affairs tonight. And um, just here to ask permission to close Blake Street for the annual tree lighting on December 2nd for uh, from 4 to 6. Uh, we're going to be having the fifth grade Northboro Children's Choir perform. We had Wegmans donate some cocoa and cookies. Uh, Northboro House is providing pizza. And we'll also be accepting cash and food donations for the food pantry and also toys for tots donations. Um, and then finally, I believe we have um, Neil Ellsworth's niece performing the national anthem. So um, that's about it. We look forward to this event every year, very well attended, and um, just wanted to formally request and thank the board for your support. Thank you very much, Jen. And um, uh, do you want me to speak to the menorah lighting that the Community Affairs Committee is also sponsoring? Yeah, that'd be great. Sure. Um, you know, I've been part of that since it started a few years ago. Um, we'll be doing that on Wednesday, the 13th of December. Um, at about five o'clock in the evening, um, and uh, community is invited. We always have donuts, and um, I think last year we had some hot chocolate. I don't, I don't really remember. I, community Affairs Committee thankfully takes care of a lot of those things. Um, we might have a little bit of music uh, in light of um, of uh, things going on in the Middle East that are attracting uh a lot of attention and a lot of concern for the Jewish population, as well as populations of other religions and cultures in the area. Uh, Susie and I have had some discussions of expanding the event this year to um, to just just reflect on that and um, and and promote a little bit of peace. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure of exactly what that will be. We're still working on that. Um, last year, the um, police department didn't see it necessary to to formally close the roads. Um, this year, it you know, given some of the things that are going on in the world, it might not be a bad idea um, just to take that extra precaution. Okay. Um, any questions from the board for uh, for Jen, or I suppose for myself? No questions, but thank you. Oh, I did it again. I'm sorry. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Julian. 
Well, I'm probably going to say what you were going to say, Laura. Just thank you so much for all your work, putting these events on and all, all year long. It's, um, it, it makes the, it does so much for the community. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you there. This one especially is definitely, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any other comments or questions? Lisa, go ahead. Um, I'd also like to thank Jen and, and all the committee that puts all this together. That's a lot of work. You do a great job. Um, I think this year too is, uh, it's important. I think that we, maybe we could create some sort of a, a asking for peace on earth, which used to be part of the whole yeah. reason for doing all this. I think it's, I think there's a lot of different um, uh, people who are suffering about what's going on in, in the Middle East and over there where um, the Palestinians and the, and the uh, Jewish community are Israel having a, it's not a difficult time, it's horrific. It's just horrific. Right. I think everybody realized, I think here we all realize that this is, it just shouldn't be happening. Just everything shouldn't be happening this way. And, and it's heartbreaking and that, that it is something that we do notice. And, and although we don't say it, uh, I think it's a, a difficult message to bring up. It's a difficult message to, uh, to share, but I think it bears sharing. And I know that there are many families um, all over the world that are suffering themselves suffering from watching and and I wonder why we can't in the 2023 stop all of the senseless killing that goes on throughout the world here every year. So I wanted to make that statement. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Any other comments or questions? Um, uh, a question as far as practicality, um, the Jen, you had mentioned that the event is the event four to six, or is the yes, okay. yeah, I believe. Well, no, the event is four thirty, okay, four thirty or five. I think actually five to six, and then we're going to start setting up four o'clock. Okay, it's it's yeah. it says five p.m. on the poster that's in the packet. Yeah, yeah. so five o'clock, yeah. and then we'll we'll get there to set up the tables and the lighting okay. and all that. Yep, I just want to make sure we have the we yeah, we have sorry. a draft motion that that asks to close the road cool. from three thirty to six thirty. Do you think that's okay. that's that's appropriate? Gives you a little bit of cushion. Yes, plenty of time. That'd be great. Okay. Yeah, and Thank obviously you. our police department is going to keep everybody safe if people are still um still still gathering. Uh, you know, come six thirty, they're not going to let cars in until that's right. uh, until okay. safe. Um, okay, great. And on the on the menorah, that will that will also be a five o'clock event. Um, we put in a draft for three thirty, um, three thirty to six thirty. I would say just for simplicity, keep it the same. Yeah, but it, that makes sense. It might have to be okay. 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 Um, if there are no other questions, I will entertain um, a motion on the uh, closing Blake Street for the tree lighting and then afterwards for the Hanukkah menorah lighting. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I move the board a vote to close Blake Street on Saturday, December 2nd, 2023 from 3.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. for the tree lighting event, providing that all accessible routes and amenities are maintained. Second. Motion's been made by Laura. I'll give the second to Kristen. Any other discussion? Um, all those in favor, Laura? Aye. Kristen? Aye. Julianne? Aye. 
Lisa. Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. And one more motion. Mr. Chair, I move the board vote to close Blake Street on Wednesday, December 13th, 2023 from 3.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. for the menorah lighting event, providing that all accessible routes and amenities are maintained. Second. Motion's been made by Laura, seconded by Julianne. Any other discussion? Um, I will say, I think that that phrase of the motion of providing that all accessible routes and amenities are maintained might be new this year. I appreciate that. Um, so, so good for whoever caught that and added that to the suggestion. Um, mm -hmm. Any other discussion? All those in favor? Uh, Laura? Aye. Julianne? Aye. Lisa? Aye. Kristen? Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. All right, so we've got our road closures, and hopefully this has also been a little bit of good marketing for your two important events. Um, are there any other events coming up that uh, you'd like to promote from the Community Affairs Committee? Uh, yes, Kindness Week is coming up, uh, but first is the light up the town, the Christmas lights. Oh, I can't wait for that. Good. Yeah, but there's no contest this year. It's just going to be a posted map. Um, because I think people enjoy going around, but the contest kind of can get a little, I don't know, some comments. And so we're just going to eliminate the contest. <laughs> just keep okay. it fun. Appreciate it. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Jen. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. All righty. Next up, speaking of holidays, consider update up, upcoming holiday schedule for town offices, DPW, and senior center. Um, Mike or Di, do you wish to speak to this? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, through you, uh, it came to my attention that historically the board has voted around this time to do some closures around the holidays. Uh, it isn't often that we can do things for our employees to actually um, show our appreciation for some of the things that they do for the town. They can't get bonuses, they can't get things like that. So uh, when we have an opportunity around the holidays to give folks a little bit of time off to spend with their families, I think it's important for us to look at that. So to that end, uh, I am requesting that the board uh, vote to allow us to close uh, the, those facilities that are under the purview of the town administrator, uh, town hall, um, DPW, library, senior center, uh, early on this Wednesday, uh, at noontime on Wednesday for half a day, um, so that folks can get wherever they're going for Thanksgiving. Uh, also, this year, Christmas and New Year's are on a Monday, uh, which means that the day before, the work day before is the Friday before those holidays. And the Fridays are both half days uh, for the folks at Town Hall. So I would recommend also that the board close the Town Hall and those other um, aforementioned uh, facilities on those two Fridays, the 22nd of December and the 29th of December. Uh, again, to let folks um, enjoy those times with their families. Thanks, Mike. Any uh, any questions? Um, I, I have a question for you, Mike, on some slight differences between the agenda and the um, the draft motion. 
which is the uh, the agenda items, town offices, DPW, and senior center. The um, uh, recommended motion uh, says town hall offices, which is the same, adds the library, but removes DPW. Um, I don't know whether DPW should be part of that or not, because it's not really a retail focus, but they probably deserve some time too. Um, and I will, I will also add the library trustees generally um, have authority over their building, and they've already taken a motion uh, taken a positive vote to to just mirror whatever the town offices do. So I, I I think on behalf of the trustees, the preference would be to not include the library in this because it's already being taken care of. They like to, I think the library should have some independence. Yeah, that's fine, Mr. Chairman. But I I I, I do think that we should include uh, the DPW, the town hall, the senior center, um, just so that we we get you know that that precludes the public safety police fire we do need those folks 24 7 unfortunately they're not going to be able to partake in all of this but certainly the other departments absent a snowstorm on any of those days uh the public works folks uh i think should be included as well i agree okay any comments or questions all right so i will entertain um, a motion, and um, I would suggest replace library with DPW in that motion, Lisa. I move the board to set the upcoming holiday schedule for the town hall offices, DPW and senior center as follows. Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, close at noon. Friday, December 22nd, 2023, close for the day. And Friday, December 29th, 2023, also close for the day. Second. Okay, motion made by Lisa, seconded by Julianne. Any other discussion? All those in favor? Lisa? Aye. Julianne? Aye. Kristen? Aye. And Laura? Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. Thank you very much, Mike and I, for bringing that to our attention. Um, I have a, a general question, and this is probably more for for Di, as um, you'll be with us uh, longer probably than Mike will, in, at least in similar capacities, um, that I think it would be helpful for all involved to maybe deal with these earlier in the year. Um, I know the library, for example, every year around this time we approve closing schedules for the next calendar year. Uh, it might be uh, be helpful for, for all involved to just, um, so they can plan accordingly. So um, residents, you know, employees, if they want to plan vacations, they know what days they'll be off uh, and, and anything and everything else. Might, might be good to deal with this sometime in the next couple of months in advance of next holiday season is my suggestion. Thank yeah, you. Mr. I agree. Yeah, Mr. Chairman, through you, that one's on me. I would that was on my plate. And then just with all the other things that we were doing in the short time that I'm actually it, it, to be honest, it usually it, it usually comes up right about now. Um <laughs> yeah. that and that's that's my that's my concern is it yeah, <laughs> it should be coming up out now for next year, um, yeah. rather than now okay. for now. I appreciate Thank that. You. Yeah, thanks. Um Next up, we have extension of appointment of interim town administrator Michael Gallagher. Speaking of people that um, whose whose time and current capacity may be limited, um, I'll summarize this: that uh, our town charter says that we can appoint an interim town administrator for up to three months, and then extend that for a second three months. 
um, Mike is is coming up on the uh, the the end of the first three month period, and um, I forget the exact date that you started, but it's somewhere somewhere around December first is when the three months ends. So because our next meeting is after that, um, I thought it wise to just formally extend now. Um, your contract stipulates that the moment that we officially sign on the dotted line with a new town administrator, your job here is is done unless we give you some other job to do. Um, but uh, but I think it's important to be consistent with the charter to extend that for the three month period now so that it doesn't lapse at some point in a couple of weeks. So, Mr. Chairman, if I could through you, um, first of all, it would be November 29th because I started August 29th, but that's okay. an aside. Um, I did have a conversation with council today about that very topic of what happens. Do I walk out the door and I leave Tim walking in with no transition? Um, council reads that the way that this is the way the charter is structured. Uh, Tim would become the town administrator. My contract doesn't necessarily end. My position ends, but there could be some overlap there and you know, we, we can work through that with the contract as it as it currently stands, as opposed to having to rewrite something else. Just an FYI, that was a conversation I had with uh, uh, Brian Mazur at AP. Excellent. Yeah, it's uh, obviously related. I, I think, um, you know, everyone involved would appreciate some overlap. Um, and I would let, um, you know, the, the incoming town administrator make that determination as to how long he would need you for. Anyone have any comments or questions? Lisa? Um, just one where we're probably looking at a month, perhaps, I would think, if December to January, that we're looking hopefully to have the new TA in December, correct? And I would like to, I'd like to be, you know, again, fiscally responsible and not have too much overlap because I think we're going to have an awful lot of expenses coming up and I think we need to be cognizant of the taxpayer so just want to make that statement sure um mike do you have any anticipation as to how much overlap you'd be talking about um mr chairman through you in, in conversations with uh, your incoming town administrator we were talking days as opposed to months so um i, I when i you know i love northboro but it's a long ride. So, you know, the sooner I get back to Weymouth, the better. Um, but uh, I, I think that uh, Tim is looking at starting sometime around the 11th of uh, December. So ball works out by the first of the year. I should be uh, finished with my stint with you folks. Okay, appreciate that. Any other comments or questions? If none, I will entertain. Um... For you, Mr. Chair. Yeah. Yes. We. We. I'm looking I, at I it, and there is no motion. motion. <laughs> I just realized that there's not yes. a motion. Um, let's see. We we did the we did the exact same thing a few months ago with Bob Reed, so we should be able to find something quickly. Um, race to see who can find it first. I'll bet it's. I'll bet it's you. Um, if it isn't even in there. Unless somebody says anything different, I will entertain a motion 
to extend the um, interim town administrator services of Michael Gallagher for a second three-month period as per Article 4, Section 4-1, Appointment Qualification Terms of Interim Town Administrator. Can I amend that and say, can you add for three months or as long as necessary? It's in the charter. It's three. It says specifically three months. Yeah. The, con the contract. The the moment that we have Tim on on board as our town administrator, um, Mike is no longer and can no longer be the interim town administrator. We can't say or we can't say as necessary because that implies longer than three months. We can't do that. Okay. Charter limits us. All Appreciate right. The so so moved. <laughs> Is there a second? Second. Okay. Um, and Di, do you, you have that? Excellent. All right. Motion made by Julianne, seconded by Laura. Any other discussion? All those in favor? Julianne? Aye. Laura? Aye. Kristen? Aye. Lisa? Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. Um, thank you very much. And Mike, thank you very much for your continued service to the town. Um, next up, we have reports. Let's see. Uh, Laura, any reports this evening? I'll be quick. So we had scouting for food in Northboro a week and a half ago. The Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts collected 11,710 food items. Thank you to everybody that donated food. Thank you to all the volunteers that make this really important event possible. I got to attend the Senior Center Country Fair this weekend on Saturday. I love how our seniors throw these really fabulous events that are very timely. There were lots of great crafters there, lots of fun products, and um, some awesome raffle prizes. So thanks for everyone that made that event possible and all the vendors that participated and everybody that, that joined it. Um, on Veterans Day, on Sunday, I attended the Veterans Day Rolling Rally to celebrate our veterans. This is a really beautiful event where the veterans are driven down Main Street and Main Street is lined with people holding American flags and saluting the veterans. Um, I would love it if we could get more people at next year. I don't know if there's other venues to help, you know, raise awareness about that one, but something to keep in mind for next year. And then I would last but not least like to express my gratitude to the, the staff in our town, the people that live here, the people that work here. A very happy Thanksgiving, and I, and I really appreciate everything that you know that we all get to do here together. And that ends my report. Thank you, Laura. Lisa, any reports tonight? Um, I certainly echo everything that Laura has said, um, and I also wanted to thank um, the Senior Center um, and Kendra for inviting us, the Selectmen Board, oops, to the um, the dinner that was. Uh, Put on for the veterans. I think it's uh, it was wonderful to participate with them. I think it was uh, as as we're losing more and more of the you know men who have actually been going um, through the um, preparations for these veterans holidays. Um, that they're still as as important to us as they ever were. And I was very happy, as I'm sure all of us were, to to be invited and to uh, show our support. Um, I have to say that kind of a quiet report this week. I um, want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving and look forward to um, warmer weather. 
that concludes my report. Thank you, Lisa. Christian, any reports tonight? Yes. Um, troop 101, Scout Troop 101, um, the big wreath sale is happening right now. We have a few more days left to order and they will deliver them to your door on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, they, they come with a festive bow and uh, the bow is made by Troop 823. Is that you, Laura? That's the BSA girls troop. Yeah, yeah. So, so the troops are working together and it's a way for them to get their, um, like it's their big fundraiser of the year, basically. Um, and they, um, they're balsam wreaths and they're on a 14 inch frame. So you can kind of, they're really nice wreaths. I get them every year. Um, so uh, Troop 101 asked me to make this announcement for them because um, my son Peter was in Troop 101 and I would just like to say that um, he re very recently on last Friday on my birthday became Troop 101's 132nd Eagle Scout. Yay, Peter. Can you, uh, congratulations to Peter. I don't mean to interrupt. I didn't catch, if somebody wants to get a wreath, who should they contact? Oh, right, right, right. I need, so, I need a wreath. <laughs> I know, okay. So um, so as far as the wreath still goes, it's all, it, you order them ahead of time. There's a link. So I posted it today on my Facebook page, but you can also get it on Troop 101's Facebook page or their website, or you can just email the select board and I will send you the link. Thank you. Kristen, mm -hmm. that concludes your report. That does conclude my report. Thank you, Laura, for straightening me out. I just got a little starry-eyed there for a minute. <laughs> Julianne, any reports tonight? Yeah, so um, master plan implementation met, and they are continuing to refine the, the plan for downtown revitalization and hope to come before us um, in the next, in the coming weeks or months, very, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, and as we're winding up the end of the year and looking forward to 2024, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can discuss as a group uh, setting some timeline for some of our big discussion, like goals and the sustainability committee that wants to come before us, electronic voting and ARPA, and just so that we um, we know when that's going to come up. So, so that when people ask us, we can say, we can give them some kind of idea. And lastly, just to wish everybody a safe and happy Thanksgiving. That ends my report. Thank you. Um, in answer to one of those questions, the electronic voting for town meeting, I think will be on our December 18th agenda. Um, a couple of items to add from my reports. Uh, Toys for Tots is continuing, uh, began a few days ago, goes through December 5th. You can drop uh, toys off at the fire station between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Um, and I also want to thank the uh, the fine folks that put on the excellent luncheon at the Senior Center 
um, particularly uh, Jeff Farrell, our veterans director, and Kendra Feldet, our senior center director for organizing really an excellent, excellent and powerful event. Um, silly comment this past Friday was Mastodon Day, which I hope will become eventually a real holiday in Northboro. Uh, in 1884, on the 17th of November, William Maynard found tusk fragments, uh, if, actually a lot more than tusk fragments, of a mastodon uh, near the Shrewsbury border within Northboro, and some of those tusk fragments are in the Historical Society. So I, um, I will add that when the Algonquin uh, mascot was being renamed, I suggested Mastodon and nobody listened. Um, and lastly, um, I want to thank the uh, folks that organized the Trinity Coffee House, which is an open mic night that takes place the third Friday of most, most months. They invited me to MC um, their event this past Friday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, their next event is the uh, 15th of December at 7 o'clock p.m. at Trinity um, I'm a big junkie of, uh, of live music, uh, so I like to attend that whenever possible. First Parish has a similar event on the first Friday of every month. There's something in Berlin at uh, 19 Carter on the second Friday, and um, American Legion Hall on Wednesdays also frequently has an open mic night. So I encourage all of my live music fans to, uh, to attend those whenever possible. And that ends my report. Uh, Mike, do you have anything for us tonight? Uh, Mr. Chairman, I probably should have done this while he was still here, but I wanted to thank Lee for the great job he did with his presentation this evening. He took a very complex um, process and he actually boiled it down to something that people can understand. And I, I want to commend him for the job he did and also to say that it it just continues to amaze me the quality of the staff, people that work for the town. You're, you're blessed to have some of these people in the places that they're at. So uh, I want to thank all the folks that work at the town for the job that they do. Thank you, Mike. Di, anything uh, for us tonight? Thank you, Chair. Um, I do. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And I want to especially thank the board on behalf of the town staff for setting the holiday schedule. Uh, it's very much appreciated. So thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, Ty. Welcome. Yes. Um, any uh, Does anyone have any other business for us before we uh, seek our final public comment and uh, have our concluding executive session for the evening? Seeing nothing. Is there anyone in the audience that wishes to offer any comment to us before we wrap up tonight? Raise your electronic hands. I'll be more than happy to recognize you. Going once, going twice. I don't see anyone, so I will entertain an executive session motion. Mr. Chair, I move the board vote to enter into executive session pursuant to Mass General Law, Chapter 30A, Section 21A2, to conduct strategy ses sessions and or contract negotiations for the town administrator, Tim McInerney, due to the chair's determination that a discussion regarding this matter in an open session may have a detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the board. The board will not return to open session and will adjourn directly from executive session. Second. Motion has been made by Julianne, seconded by Kristen. Uh, any discussion? All those in favor, Julianne? Aye. Kristen? Aye. Laura? Aye. Lisa? Aye. I also vote aye. Vote is unanimous in favor. We will be uh, concluding over to executive session. 
Uh, so this concludes our open